Good morning and welcome to Spiritual Dads, the online men's ministry of the Apostolic Assembly Church. The vision of this ministry is to address issues for generational impact, using kingdom principles that can change the landscape of the family and the world. There are various ways to participate in this ministry. Visiting in person at the church, watching through Facebook Live on the Apostolic Assembly Church page, or listening to the Supporting Dads podcast. You will benefit and be blessed, no matter what method you choose. So, prepare to engage with the knowledge and the wisdom that will be shared. The Dads are now in session. Welcome to the Supporting Dads Podcast and the Spiritual Dads Facebook Live. Where we, where I am, the Gather Right is your host and the facilitator for today's events. And we would like to acknowledge our pastor, Pastor A. Bridges, and the pastoral team. If you have any questions via the uh, podcast, you can email me at thegatherright, D-G-A-T-H-E-R-I-G-H-T at gmail.com. And if you're watching via Facebook, you can just put your question in the comment section. God bless you and listen up. I have a blessing for you today. Good morning and praise the Lord to everyone. We want to start with a prayer and then we're going to jump right into our hour of empowerment. Dear Lord, thou God, our Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord, for our leading lady. We thank you, O God, for this opportunity that she has allowed us to come and to bless your name through the brothers, God, coming together, being one iron sharpening iron, Lord God. We just pray that you would be in our midst. We pray, O God, that you would speak. We pray, O God, that we'll be able to reach the community, even as we have gone on the live stream. God, that somebody will hear and somebody will want to come in person to be a part of what is going on at 10708 South Vincennes. And we thank you and bless you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. Thank you, everyone that have uh, decided to show up today uh, via live stream, via in person. We have an awesome program, uh, Hour of Empowerment. What we want to talk about today, we're so grateful to always have our community partner, uh, Brother Lorenzo, with us. Uh, one of the things we want to talk about is what have our dads passed down to us that we're going to continue to work with our children with, what we're going to uh, enhance our community with, what we're going to be, um, like the Bible said, we want to multiply. We want to subdue every negative thing that has ripped our community apart. So now we come as young men, older men, <laughs> wiser men, to be uh, to do like the Bible says, we want to come kingdom of heaven and suffer violence. Now it's time for us to come with force. Let's come with an understanding and come with knowledge. And that's where we introduce brother Lorenzo. He's going to tell us about, uh, some issues that the dads can uh, get involved in like ASAP. You don't have to wait. You don't have to wait for, um, no type of uh, filling out some type of resume or any of that. You can involve yourself by being a part of your child's school system. 
by being actively involved. Dads, we need you. I am an educator, been an educator for over 20 some years, and the Lord has let me to know. And that's why I have started this initiative and even the podcast and the things that I do for brothers. We want to bring the dads to the schools, the dads in the classroom, those that can be in the classroom, or if not, those that can support their child, those that can be there for their children. So what we're going to do today is you're going to hear from dads that are going to speak on how their uh, dad has uh, been a very vital source in their lives. We even have a young man, a son. A son is going to speak and say how his dad has uh, influenced him on how to be a better son or whatever wisdom that he as he's looking and paying attention that he would like to share with the live stream, share with the brothers that are here. We're going to appreciate it. But first and foremost, we have our community liaison that is going to come and uh, help us to become aware of some issues that are happening like right now that we can get involved in. How can we get involved? And then he's going to also share with us. And we want to say congratulations to him just in case I don't uh, remember. Congratulations. He got a little one on the way. So, amen. So that is all right. And if I did not say it, I want to give honor to our pastor, give honor to our pastoral alliance, and my sweetheart that I know is watching right now, too. So this time, this daddy-to-be, this community liaison, hey, he, he he's an example of a brother that's on the move. In the community and everything. So I'm not going to steal his thunder, but Brother Lorenzo, will you come on up here and you share with us, amen, some things that we need to be aware of. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. Hey, good morning, everybody. Thank you for having me. Um, just as Brother Dennis mentioned, uh, I'm here today because I believe there's a unique thing that happens in our community where in the schools, we all have the opportunity, but not many of us know about those opportunities. Uh, knowledge is a, a, a powerful thing. And um, there's a formula that says people plus knowledge plus strategic action equals organized power. And you can have the people, but if you don't have the knowledge, then how can you have the strategic action to actually organize? And one thing that I know for sure is that a plane can't fly without two wings on the side. And there was a time when I was a uh, I worked in direct services before I got into organizing. And there was a school on the west side of Chicago where violence was normal. Violence was a normal thing where kids walked the halls and they fought. They went to jail. They expected it. They expected it because they didn't know that somebody cared. They expected it because they didn't know that they were loved. They expected it because they didn't necessarily have the caregivers who could separate themselves from their egos to a point where they can understand the necessity that these babies need to be conductive citizens in our society. We have a responsibility to how we shape the future, and that starts in the present. Purpose is a magical thing. Purpose is one of those things that can inspire you where you didn't know that you needed inspiration. Purpose is one of those things that have you waking up early in the morning doing things that you didn't, that you didn't normally do. I want to talk about that purpose from a father's perspective. I have a three-year-old daughter, and as Brother Dennis mentioned, that I have another child on the way. But I remember growing up as a young man who was seeking for a void that I didn't understand was empty. 
I remember seeing men like T.D. Jakes on TV and uh, different men that spoke with this level of, uh, 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 of, of confidence that I, that I wanted to model. And I noticed that when I would walk out in my neighborhood growing up on the west side of Chicago and before that, Detroit, Michigan, I would notice that I didn't see that in my community. I didn't see what I saw in my community, but I know that I, it, it was there. I, I, I knew it was there because these guys are, are walking in that purpose. They're walking in that spirit. But I didn't have access. Hmm. I didn't have access to what I wanted to become until I realized that God had organized everything that I needed already. And all I had to do was seek for it, ask for it, and knock for it. And with that being said, gentlemen, I wonder who's looking for that today. I wonder what kid is somewhere in some classroom acting the way that they are acting because they are seeking to feel something that they don't necessarily have at home or that they don't have access to. See, we, 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 we judge them, but what are we, what are we doing to prepare them? What, 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 are, what are we men? We call ourselves men. There's many titles. Fathers, mentors, caregivers. What are we doing to utilize the mechanisms that are currently in place? The word says that the wealth of the wicked be laid up for the just. And the wealth is currently being allocated to over 4,100 seats in things called the local school councils. Parent advisory councils. These different mechanisms are getting funding for parents and community caregivers to actually take up these positions so that we can improve the quality of education for our children. Education is a direct way to get us from one point to another, whether if that's socially, emotionally, mentally, financially. However, education is that vehicle. That vehicle can either look like a Mercedes Benz or a Ford Focus. <laughs> we have to choose what we want that vehicle to look like for our children. And I personally am convicted because I remember what it felt like to not have that vehicle or, or not to know that I can improve what that vehicle looks like. And when I, when I began to learn about things like the local school councils, guys, there's a 34% empty uh, uh, vacancy right now. That's over 1,400 seats that are empty out of the over... 40, almost 4,200 that are currently available. That's an opportunity for purpose, if you ask me. You know, we can walk around macho and poke our chests out and be egotistical. All of that stuff is nice, but what happens when the Lord says, what have you done with what I've given you? We got the opportunity, guys, and I just pray for the humility to actually just seek within and say, you know, it doesn't have to be grand. It doesn't have to be huge, big, and all fancy. It just takes one step, one decision. Just go to your local school and ask them, how can I get involved? What do you need? I recognize that this is an opportunity for me to do something for a young man or a young woman today that, that, that didn't happen for me. Man, that's rewarding, man. That, that did something for me. That awakened something in me. That let me know that I have the ability to actually use what God has given me. I ain't got to waste this. 
if if I can't before I had my own daughter, I was looking for opportunities to talk to children. I was in the juvenile. You know, this is not a, a Zoe show, but I was looking for the opportunity to actually do things in the juvenile correctional facility, wherever the greatest deficit is needed is where the opportunity is needed the most. We can judge them based on how they act, but I guarantee you there's a root cause for all of it. There's a root cause for all of that pain, and sometimes it starts so early in our childhoods, we can't necessarily recall when it happened. We're just really responding to pain that happened years ago, and, it, and we think that that's who they are. That's not their identity. They are who God say they are. What you see is just a response to some pain that you weren't even present to see. People plus knowledge plus strategic action equals organized power. I'm going to say that again. People, you, me, plus knowledge, the word of God, academics, financial literacy, (laughs) However you want to call it, that's knowledge. Strategic action is all of us coming together saying, within this period of time, two weeks, three weeks, a month, two months, we want to be able to impact this cause, this school, in a positive way. How are we going to do it, y'all? I put my resources with your resources. It's not, it's not an I thing. It's a team thing. You know, and when you put your resources together with other people, you realize how impactful you can be. Behold, how good and pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. And when we move in this particular fashion, we can see that if we can surrender ourselves from our egos and our selfishness, that's when God shows up. That's when impact shows up. That's when the reward shows up, because now. You have the ability to make a difference in the lives that matter the most. People plus knowledge plus strategic action equals organized power. So I challenge each and every person who's viewing today to just go to your local school, man. Go to your local school and ask them, how can I get involved? It can be once a month. They have parent parent advisory council meetings. Um, They have local school council meetings. They need you. You are needed. I'm challenging you to believe that because you if you don't believe it, I'm telling you, you are needed. They need your insight. They need your time. They need your experience. They need your resources. They need your voice. Decisions are being made for your community without you at the table. They have a small period of time to close these deals, to make these decisions and Don't complain when the decisions are impacting your community and you were not there to make to to make your voice known. Make your voice known. It doesn't have to be in anger. It doesn't have to be loud. Just say it. Let it be documented. So when they're shaping the way that your future looks for your kids, for our kids, for our babies, your insight is a part of the process. You make a difference. So I just wanted to leave that with you guys today. Thank you for having me. Um, a little bit about me. I'm, I'm, a, I'm an employee of Kids First Chicago. I work with a lot of different parents across the city uh, within the same capacity that I work with Brother Dennis Gather Right. Um, I can be reached at aologan at kidsfirstchicago.org. 
L Logan at kids first Chicago dot org. Uh, you can reach me at seven, seven, three, nine, one, nine, nine, zero, four, nine. That line is always open. If you want to learn how you can become active in this thing called active father engagement or education advocacy, contact me. I would be happy to point you in the direction of someone somewhere that can help you understand how you can be involved um, in this process. Uh, thank you for your time. All right, we appreciate Brother Logan, amen, wealth of information. Uh, we're going to wrap back around, and we're going to show you how this is very spiritually uh, based. Because, you know, some people, they look at a spiritual, uh, they see a church, and they say, well, where's Jesus? Jesus is right here. You know, where's the Holy Ghost? The Holy Ghost is hoovering over our chaos and our situations that we are uh, encountering. And the spirit waits for us to have agreement with it so that we can bring the kingdom to this chaos. That's what we need to start doing, bringing the kingdom to this chaos. So we have a dad that's with us. He's an educator also. We're so excited always to see a brother Steve Williams walk in the house. Amen. So at this point in time, he's going to share with us what it is that his dad has empowered or shared with him that he is doing with his children. And then after him, we're going to just ask them to just come right up. You know, so Brother Charles, once Steve finished, you just hit it. And we're going to uh, make sure that people know and understand where this is headed because we are purposeful. You know, we're tired. Like Brother Lorenzo stated, we need to get tired of just sitting and, and, and being reactive. It's time to be proactive. And when we're proactive, we're taking back our power that we didn't gave away. So we're back to that, people of God. We are where we are taking this by force. We're coming in numbers. We're coming with a voice. We're coming and letting them know, yes, we can make a choice. So at this time, Brother Williams, uh, and he is an active man. He's just so active. I'm going to let him tell us what he does and how he impacts the community. Brother Steve Williams. Praise the Lord, saints. Um, as I think back to what my dad showed me is that um, I was introduced earlier age about his, his family. Uh, mostly on, he had a lot of brothers on his side. Um, They're all educators. His one brother, he was a, um, a professor at uh, Howard University. He taught Spanish, Chinese, <laughs> and, and French cooking. It's weird, you know. And he was fluent in all three of those things, you know. Uh, my dad was also an educator. He was a psychologist um, and a pastor, Alabama. And down south, when you're a pastor down there, you minister here on my, one Sunday, over here another Sunday. So you're back and forth across town, you know. So, uh, so we were just uh, just family was one thing. We had, definitely was a connection. Well, on my on my dad's side, my mom's side. My mom's side had more sisters compared to my dad who had brothers, okay? So I learned about my mom's sisters and her family growing up, uh, that, that Southern hospitality, you know, and uh, they didn't play either, you know. You were told to do something, you, you, you do it. You lagged around. <laughs> and, but, but yeah, when we came, came to family, we were, it was one massive thing. And so when, like I said, uh, I shared that with my, with my, my son, 
at a very early age, he was down south, I think, nine months after birth. Took him down south to the family. So he's been around Southern Hospitality, my mom's side, dad's side. So he's seen that family was definitely a unit uh, of learning. Um, I'm sure someone do that today. Uh, we all are now separated in different parts of the country. But definitely that was one thing I learned from uh, your family was definitely a uh, connection between learning about who we are to each other. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Brother Charles. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. This is uh, Brother Charles Hoover, member of our church, one of the young people we know. All right. Praise Lord, praise Lord. Uh, where can I start? Okay, well, my dad shared me. Okay. Well, I was born into this ministry, the church, at 10708 South Vincent. Been here my whole life. Well, it's 27 years, going on 28. My dad was a member of this church, or, well, a former member. He uh, came here, I think, back in the 80s or something like that. I'm not really sure. I don't remember the whole story, but he came back in the 80s or something like that. My grandmother, she lived like right around, what you call it, the corner. Well, not really the corner, but down the street. She had a house and stuff, so we used to go over there and see her and stuff like that. But, uh, yeah, he was, um, he met my mom in what, right, I think it was 93? Yeah, 93. Yeah, he met her in 93. They, uh, got married and had, and then had me. And, um, yeah, I would, uh, some positives, okay, some positives. Oh, some positives becoming a man. Well, I learned from my dad as growing up how to be, um, well, what you call it? Loving. That's what I say. Cause he didn't grow up with his father. So he didn't know too much of him. He knew of him, but not as much as he should have cause he wasn't around. So my dad loved him as much as he could and tried to be the best son he could to him. Yeah, so, and that, I learned that from him, and seeing how he maneuvered, all he wanted to do was take care of his family. That was the most important thing to him. So he worked a long, well, not, I wouldn't say strenuous job, but he he started working at the library before I, I was born, and he had been doing that for, as I know, 50 years. So he retired back in, I think it was, what, it's announced 2024, so... I think it was 2011 or 12. So he's been like over like 12, 13 years, been retired. So, and he has a pension and all that other stuff because he worked for the city of Chicago, the libraries and stuff like that. And, uh, yeah, so it shaped me to be the man I am today, learning from him and being around him and understanding, getting his wisdom on God and stuff like that and his perspective of it. And yeah, so. And learning from other parts of my family too that I didn't know of, my uncles and stuff that he that he introduced me to, and yeah. And recently, just coming into knowing my other uncle on my mom's side, uh, my uncle, uh, what's Tommy, who should be here shortly. I don't know when he's gonna appear, but he's supposed to come around. So, yeah, he's in town for a couple of days for his birthday and stuff like that. 
But yeah, I learned a lot from him too. And just the amount of time I did, I known and knowing of him. Well, yeah, that's basically it and everything. So, yeah. Good job, Brother Charles. Hey, man. Hey, man. I don't know if you guys uh, was able, and I, I like what he was saying because one of the things that Brother Charles displayed was the fact of recognizing the consistency and the commitment of his dad, his dad being there for the family. That's something you really don't see a lot of, and that's one of the things, Charles, I can agree with you on with my dad was because he – my dad had um, 18 children and well, three of them uh, was my mom's children prior to marriage Two, two, I'm sorry, two was my, uh, so he had 16 and two, that was my mom's uh, daughters prior to marriage. But he basically raised one of my sisters cause she was right there in the mix with us. Uh, and, Literally, I was always amazed at how he actually was able to take care of um, 18 children. I learned this later in life, 18 children in three different states. Although I have a brother in Wisconsin, I have a different story, but some kind of way, you know, he was he was there and stories was what the stories were. But a dad that stood uh, adversity in the face especially during the seventies and the eighties, raising a family. A lot of people that was around the seventies and eighties probably can attest to the difficulties and the challenges. And then not only that being a product of the sixties, really the fifties and the sixties and still trying to hold your sanity together and raise a family. I admire you, uh, whoever's listening and did that. So thumbs up, kudos to you, parent. <laughs> <laughs> that's in your eighties and seventies and you raised children in eighties and nineties. And now I, I take my hat off to people like brother Lorenzo because Lord knows, and I'm sure the sound person probably saying the same thing as we look at these students today in these, in these classrooms made a good Lord bless the parents today. So I love the fact that another thing he said, being there fact that dad was married so that's a good thing. Uh, we, we, we see we got another brother that walked in. Uh, we're going to give him a chance. Relax. I think that's, uh, Charles' uncle that he was talking about. So we would love to hear. So when he get relaxed a little bit, we want to hear what his dad passed down to him. And then I know that some people might say, well, my dad didn't pass nothing down to me. That's not true. He did because now I'm sure, like Lorenzo was saying that, it made you say, hey, you know, there are some things I definitely don't want to do. There are some things that I want to be able to be there for my children. I know my dad was not a sports fan. If you see bears on my shoulder, it is for reason, not because of the team. You know, that team might make you want to scream. But my dad, let me tell you a little bit. My dad-in-law was an advocate Bears fan, and he was actually the one – that I would sit down and we would sit and just chuck it up about the bears and how terrible they were. <laughs> so I really had that part of a dad that was kind of absent with my dad because he was just all we was about church and money. That's all he was about. You know, you better go to church and you better make some money after you get out of church. Cause you know, God ain't going to do nothing for you. If you don't do nothing for yourself, that was his philosophy. So 
that's one of the things that my dad passed down to me. But the reason why I'm an advocate Bears fan is because my dad-in-law passed away maybe two years ago, and we'll just sit back, watch the Bears game, and just talk about how horrible the Bears was. You know, I think uh, they did go to the Super Bowl, but that's a whole different story in 2006, uh, you know. So hopefully we resolve our quarterback issue. But anyway, a uh, whole different story. Um, but I am just so proud of the men that's standing up, mentoring, being there, whatever part of it, teaching. I have teachers now that you. I'm so glad to see them every day. They Some days they don't want to be there, but they're there. So we are so glad. We are so appreciative of the dads that are stepping up, the mentors that are stepping up, the caregivers that are stepping up. Uh, even I'm at a capacity and a role right now where I have two grandchildren catch me at a certain time in the evening, and they are going to be, you're going to be hearing them in the background. But that's what we have to do, dads. One of the things prior to me calling this brother up, I want to hear what he has to say. What was passed down to you? Yeah, but now, nah, huh, brother, we just want to hear. We're going to call you up. One of the things, you stop making your way up because it's real quick what I'm about to say. He don't want to be on the mic. <laughs> All right, here we go, here we go. He's going to tell us. Just tell us what uh, your dad passed down to you, positive, uh, something you might want to change or whatever. It's up to you. And tell us who you are. Uh, my name is uh, John Thomas Scott, and uh, that's my nephew, Cholo Charles. Wanda oh, is my, okay. I can hold it. Wanda is my sister. Okay. Uh, and uh, well, my father, I can remember this. I always remember this. Something that he passed me down was um, the house. Like when I leave my house. Okay, when I leave my house, you tell me, when you leave your house, when you leave this house, you make sure the house is in order. Okay. Don't go out there with your house all, you know, everything everywhere, nothing like that. You make sure your house is in order mm -hmm. before you do anything. And that's pretty much stuck in my head, you know, but it's a few things that he taught me. But I don't know why that did, but, you know, my house is speculative. I mean, it's every time, every time. When I come in, I just clean, clean, clean. It's just how I do what I do, though, but. He said, before you leave, you always clean your house. Make sure your house is straight. You never know who's going to come over or anything like that. You know, right. so just make sure your house is straight and, you know, you should be okay, you know, and follow, follow the Lord. You know what I mean? Everybody ain't perfect. Ain't nobody going to be perfect, really. But he said, you know, just, you know, do it. You try. You try. You know, it's going to be hard. Sometimes you're going to fall, but you get back up and you keep it moving. You know what I'm saying? And that's pretty much. What I have for you guys this morning. Like that. Amen. Amen. Brothers out there, give a clap up. Amen. And that name again, brother? Scott. John Scott. Okay, John be good. Y'all heard that? John be. He said, John be good. I thought you said that. All right. But it, anyway, I mean, that's, that's awesome. I love what he stated and expressed because we can see, and that's what brother Lorenzo was saying with the study that uh, actually took place at the school on the west side, right? where the dads just showed up and it presence, they presence made a big difference. And that's what we're trying to say to men today that are listening in that uh, this is going to go out to various ones is that your presence mean a, a lot because a lot of men that I deal with, cause I have a dual career here. I'm a teacher and I'm also a therapist. And one of the things that we noticed uh, with over 30 some years of social service is hearing dads say, you will be better off without me being there. Anybody heard that before? You, if, if I'm gone, you, you'll be okay. They will not be okay. And that's one reason why I'm just going to go there. You got a lot of these predators around because they know there's no dad. 
You got a lot of these folk that's grooming people because there's no dad to say, hey, hey, what they do? No, nah, don't take that candy or don't, you know, don't say nothing to them. They say it one more time. I'm coming talking to them because the dads are not there to protect the babies. And so as we look at African-American history, we want to go ahead and put that in there, too. And as the men show up, that's uh, not as the men show up, but as we see and notice different ones show up, we're going to be pulling them up. So um, one of the things that we want to do is thank you, brethren, because you share with us something that needs to be heard, needs to be heard. Uh, my brother, John, right? I'm OK, John, it needs to be heard that. What dad taught you is what you are doing today. My dad taught me don't lay in the bed. So I could not just sit back and lay in the bed. Oh, my goodness. We could not lay in the bed and just sit there. We had to sit. We had to get up. My dad said, boy, I know you not. So we have to get up. So now what happens is we I'm getting up. Because I hear in the back of my head, boy, get your hind part out the bed. So that was passed down to me. So I'm up in the morning meditating, trying to do what I need to do in order to, <laughs> to get my day started, make some things happen. So there I am. You know, my mentor showed up. I'm giving him a chance to breathe and see what's going on. All right. So, yeah, I'm so glad my mentor showed up. But anyway, so. What we're saying to people, we want to make sure that what you are, and we're hearing it. We're hearing it. We're so excited that what your dad has shared with you, you're actually modeling that. Young men need it. Just like Brother Lorenzo stated about uh, going into the schools and making a difference. So we're hoping that people did not forget that part of it. We're wrapping back around to it. Whatever it is that you can get involved in, we're asking you to get involved in it. All right. So. What we want to do before we go into, we're going to lay something out for you. But, but before we lay it out, we have somebody that we are honored to see. We're going to see what his dad passed on to him that he would like to share <laughs> with us. Everybody been saying it. Everybody been sharing. So we're going to see if he could uh, share with us what the dad say to you. We, you know, everybody's stepping up because it's live stream. So we're going to ask if you could come up and just share Whatever dad shared with you that you know is happening today in your life, because he is a man of many hats. I, I, I'm just so honored to just know the guy. You know, some people you're just so honored to know. And, you know, he 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 helps out in many capacities. I'm not even going to start to say all of that. All I just want today, because he might just want to be one of them guys. You know, I just want to sit back and that's fine. We're going to respect that. However, we just want to hear from you in regards to what is it that dad have shared with you that you are implementing in the lives of your family and others. So if you could just say that and we, we, we understand. So at this time, everybody, Dr. Hartwell himself in person. All right. Good morning, everybody. Um, <clears throat> I guess he said be ready in season and out of season, right? Well, I'm just walking in. It's like, okay, you just met um, in time. Come on. All right. So, so I'm Eric Harwell and I, I'm going to try to stay real focused with regard to what I was asked to do by Pastor Gatherite. And that is to talk about my father experience is what we're, what we're talking about. And so we're really talking about legacy, right? It's like you're going to leave a legacy, whether you want to or not. 
You can decide that it's going to be a positive legacy that that produces more life, or it's going to be a legacy that continues the generational curses and the things that you're going to leave a legacy. So don't think that you have to work on a legacy. You don't work on a legacy. You're still going to leave a legacy. And so, and so, you know, I, I have, uh, I've been with, with men's ministry for like 35 years. I, the, the one thing that, um, was really key for me, um, in terms of my father. And, and, and I have to say this to the men that feel like, you know, I had a good fathering experience. I had a loving fathering experience. They feel like they can't say that in, the, in, in forums like, this they 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 feel like oh my goodness i ain't really been through you know what this brother been through he don't know who his dad is and this one over here his father never supported him and told him you're a big dummy like on uh when you know the sitcoms i hate when they do that i've always hated that on sitcoms like uh fred sanford you know the sanford and son lamont you big dummy <laughs> or even uh uh all in the family with with uh you know he called his son-in-law meathead you meathead you or or even with uh uh um the one with the uh uh the waning uh, uh uh brother family that they call him junior and junior is supposed to be seen as the dumb one you so dumb boy you just i i hated those images because then it made it look like as the son became an adult that you were supposed to treat him like he wasn't nobody that he just stupid and that he's not worthy. And I, and I hate those images. But I, but I, but I, I believe that my call here this morning is just to talk about the brothers who did have it, a good experience with their fathers. I think those are the ones who get left out. Like in school, we, uh, uh, we, we focus on the students that act out. They get the attention, boy. And the ones that's just like, I show up to class on time. I do my homework. I, you know, I, I'm invisible in this place. And I, and so I like to deal with the invisible fathers, if you will. The, the ones that, um, that, that, that I had a father who was there for me. Any activity I was involved in, he was there. He prayed before every meal. He gave me examples. He, he showed me how to not only father us, but he fathered the whole community. You know, it was in Chicago where they had the garage and, and he was the one that basically was the father of the young men in the community and other men. They had the brotherhood covering each other. And then he had the fatherhood being able to be father to more than just his. And especially in a black experience. That's not always the case. In the black experience, man, the, the brothers will tell you right out, hey, them ain't mine. I'm just going to deal with me and mine. My sons, my nephews, and I'm going to deal with them, but I can't be, you know, all of that. And so, and so, so talking about the fathers who had fathers, you know, uh, 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 a man's man, if you will, um, how does that fit into being able to relate to those that had a difficult experience because their feeling may be, well, you don't really know, man. You don't know what it's like to, you know, have your dad tell he going to visit you this weekend and you got your, you know, face pressed up against the window in the front waiting for him to show up and he never show up. You, you don't know nothing about that because you live with your father. You know, he was there for you. Well, I want to speak to those fathers that that feel like they got to kind of draw back or, you know, that they don't have no street cred. I want to speak to those fathers today.
the ones that were, the, you know, that had that. And so what I call it is those are the fathers who have range. They have range, right? And the way I explain it, when folks are asking me about it, I say, listen, God has given me range to be able to deal with things that I didn't necessarily go through by experience. Experience is not always the best teacher. If God gives you grace and mercy, you may be able to minister to folks that you didn't go through exactly what they went through. But your heart and what's from the heart reaches the heart. And so I have range. And, 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 you know, simply put, I can speak to folks and have from the White House. But I also can speak to folks and have from the outhouse. That's range. And so, and I believe God gave me that so that I wouldn't be like, well, I'm sorry, I can't, I, I don't have no revelation on what you're going through and that. I do. <laughs> because God gave it to me. It ain't me. I'm being used. I'm the vessel. I'm the one that will do crazy stuff, like show up and go places and lower whack a drive and, and to the White House. I'm one of them ones that wherever he sent me, I'm going. And so, so to the fathers that have had fathers that were there for them, that was in the house, that was, that was a hard worker, like, uh, uh, Pastor Gatherite is saying, um, somebody who, uh, you know, say, get up. It's time to go to work. You know, I remember my, uh, my, uh, older brother and he was, uh, 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 my father was in, in, in construction and, and so he was down there building the Sears Tower. So my father helped build the Sears Tower. So, you know, every time I pass by and I say, what's that? What's your grandfather? Now I know granddaddy helped build the Sears Tower, daddy, and Lake Point Towers and two North LaSalle. They know all the history of the buildings that he have helped to put up. And I just thought, God, that's really cool that some of the tallest buildings in the world that my father was a part of that to the point where their, his grandkids will be talking about it and then their kids will be talking about it. So I just thought that was really cool but uh so he was uh he he my older brother he had gotten a job you know being on the work site down there um you know with the uh with the the sears tower and so that particular day my, my older brother said you know because he's a teenager he said you know what I, I ain't had no time to spend with my girlfriend so i'm just not going to work today i i'm just, <laughs> I'm just gonna chill out with her and da, da, da. he said my father called him up on the phone hey boy you okay like, yeah, I'm all right. Why aren't you at work? Well, I haven't had no time to spend with my lady and she here and I just, and he told me, my, my brother told me, he said, after dad got through cussing me out, I left her there and I, I, I got down there on that job. That's a fathering experience to teach him that you got to do what you got to do so then you can do what you want to do. You take care of the business first because, cause, cause, you know, and then he'll tell them stuff like, cause, you know, it ain't no romance without finance. You lose this job. See how long, you know, it's going to be a good experience for you with that young lady. And so, and so, so, so fathers that had good fathers that, that does two things for you. Number one, it gives you range because God can instruct you on how to help in between. And the second thing it does, and this is from the counseling perspective, it makes you emotionally available. 
You get what I'm saying? Emotionally available. And, and so when I'm usually, usually I'm talking to a, a, a room full of women and I said, okay, who, how many of y'all think y'all emotionally available? Oh, them hands go up. I know I am, child. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I, I said, but let me define what emotional availability is in my definition. And so I said, now emotional availability means that you have room enough to deal with your own personal mess. Mm-hmm. And then you have room left over. And then you have room, emotional availability is to deal with somebody else's, not their good stuff, but their mess. So your mess and they mess, and you still got room left over to give to somebody. Well, how, how many people are emotionally available now? Like, where all them hands go? <laughs> no, I ain't emotional. I'm not dealing with his mess. I've been dealing with it long enough. So emotional availability. When you don't have a problem that you're struggling with, you are now more emotionally available to help somebody who is struggling with that. If you have a home, then you're not homeless, so you're not struggling to get a home, so you can help people who don't have homes. If you, if you, if you have food on your table, then you're not struggling to get food for you and your family, so you actually can have room uh, availability to help folks who don't have food. Y'all get where I'm going with this? If you got brothers in a group, a brotherhood, then you have support from men. So now you're in position, you have range, you have emotional availability to give to somebody else who doesn't, who's isolated. You know, I, I talk about our veterans. That's just, a, it, 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 it's alarming to me. I talk about our veterans that go and they fight and then they uh, are in active duty. But when they come back home, the statistic is that veterans that return from active duty, that they are committing suicide, they're killing themselves at a rate of 25 Per day. So at the end of a year, you have more than 9,125 folks that served in our military that's no longer here. And so if we have some emotional availability, we start checking on those that we ain't heard from, that's sitting in the basement, that's, that's dark, that, that nobody's checking on because they're trying to be normal. But it's hard to be normal because, you know, they're not going to tell us all this stuff, but, you know, a counselor and they tell me the truth. Some of them get so bothered by some of the things that they have to do when they're overseas. Okay, so we're going to go and we're going to get the bad guy. He's in that hotel right there and we're going we're gonna to get him. But we ain't going in there storming it and getting because he got folks around him. So what we're going to do is we're going to take out that entire hotel. But we just seen a family come out with little kids and we see that. And, that. and so when we take out that hotel, yes, we get the bad guy. But we done messed up. And so we start seeing when I close our eyes, we start seeing. And then they are responsible for doing what's called a cleaning. So they actually have to go in after maybe blowing up something and collect body parts. Here's an arm. 
And here's a leg. And how you do that if that's not what you came from? Yeah, yeah. This is like four, yeah. I went to the military because I wanted the GI Bill. I wanted to pay for my education. And in my community, folks respect folks that's got uniforms and got a few medals on them and that kind of thing. And so that's what I signed up for. I didn't sign up for me to go and have to collect body parts. I didn't sign up for me to go and kill folks that they didn't have nothing to do with this conflict that we're experiencing. I didn't do that. And so I try to get myself to accept the fact that I feel like a murderer. See, and that's the thing about recruiters, right? So when you talk about the, those that recruit folks for the, for the military, I was like, God bless them. And I respected my dad was a military man in World War II, my uncle, and was high up in, in the Air Force and all that stuff. But when they come, when sometimes when the recruitment occurs for the military, even at the high school level, they talk about what? Be all that you can be. The, the few, the proud, the Marines, come. Well, you can see the world. And then if you're in college, we're going to make you an NCO, non-commissioned officer, and you're going to pay 19000 a year. And they just start talking about all the good stuff. But it's only until you get to boot camp that you realize that you are being trained to be a professional killer. That's when it hits. Everything we're talking about right here is about surviving in warfare and talking about that. And so so now I'm in it now and there's little I can do about it. I can't say, oh, no, mm -mm, this ain't for me. It's like, oh, you you signed up. <laughs> and not only did you sign up when you get in, you disobey a direct order from a commanding officer and you find yourself in the briggs waiting on a court martial. So it's a total system. And so when we think about it, it's like, look, it's okay if you go in, if that's what God called you to do. Uh, David, uh, 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 you know, prophet, priest, king David was a man of warfare. He knew about warfare and he did what he was commanded to do and led of the Lord. And so, and so there's a place for everything, but you got to make sure it's your place. You can't just go in there because you want to get the free college and you want to get, you know, people in the community respecting you and get a retirement pension plan. You, that, that's not the reason you go in. Just like kids talk about, I want to be a lawyer. Okay. Why you want to be a lawyer? Cause they dress good and they have good office furniture and they um, make a lot of money and da da da. And then I just simply ask a simple question. I say, but do you have a love for the rule of law? And they like looking at me like, what does that mean? What, what? Because to be a lawyer, you should have a love for the rule of law. You should want to. It's like, oh, wow. I, I didn't. Nobody told me that. Well, just asking the question. And so and, and so so wanting to be um, to the fathers who actually had a good experience with their fathers. Just make just know that God has given you range now to deal with anybody that has has not want that because you can give them that because you know that. OK. And so now you're emotionally available to folks who need you. All right. OK. That's a, that's my. <laughs> uh, he, he doesn't know, but we working on something on the background for him to be a keynote speaker to something. So. You know, uh, so you if you enjoyed that, give it up, clap it up, clap it up. So you just got a preview 
of something that we're working on now gonna uh definitely be so hopefully lead lady lead, lead uh, our leading lady is listening uh we, we will be meeting with you soon uh because we do have something that we're going to bring uh to the table but i want to do we, we we only have a few more minutes uh and we, that's the only reason why i got back up here because man you know if y'all are on our wednesday groups Man, we go <laughs> and flow. So I want to do this real quickly before time gets away from us. And this is your homework. You know, the teacher got to come out of me. These are principles that we're looking for the dads, men, um, all of the brothers to take under consideration. These are principles. And one of the things that, you know, our Wednesday groups teach us, I'm glad to say our Wednesday groups, I'm part of leaders that's learning how to lead and not be a follower so that we can be life changing. So we can be change agents. So one of the things we want to put down and we want you guys to understand is that you have the power, you have the control and what you do not have the power and control for. You have someone, which is God. We talked about this in Bible class where the spirit hoovers over the chaos and you have your voice. Your voice, you can use that to connect and make agreement with God. Now, this is what we want you to hopefully, and, and, and if you don't have pen and paper, you can come back to it. In Genesis 1, I want you to pay attention to this because this teaches us the principle of management. This teaches us the principle of what God did so that we can effectively manage because we, the Lord gave it to me the other day, we were made. Our kind, everything was supposed to produce after its own kind. God did this. Genesis 1 and 4, he separated the light from dark. So you're going to have to go home and check it out. We're looking at our time. And you, so some more know I can do this in this amount of time. Genesis 1 and 4, separated the light from dark. You have to go in your life and separate that which is not productive to being a part of that which is productive. Not only that, when you have that which is productive, then you have to divide it. How will it help me in my time, my existence, and what I'm doing? So that's where you get the next part of Genesis. I should have wrote that down, but okay, y'all do it. It's all in Genesis 1. Genesis 1 and 11, once the division took place, then we, the Lord, the Creator, which we have made after it produced a lot of frustration. We can ask the counselor a lot of being mad, upset is because lack of production, not knowing how to produce counselor always tell us, slow it down, help somebody understand if they're not producing, why they're not producing. What is the problem? Let's look at it from a different perspective. Do you understand? Like Lorenzo was saying, we are in situations. We were dealing with test scores, and me and Lorenzo was talking about that. And I was sharing with him that one of the meetings that I was in on Friday was, you know, <laughs> counselor, uh, Mr. Butler. Hey, man, I don't know what to tell y'all. You know, these kids are going to be low. They're just low, and it's just, you know, it is what it is. I said, no, where are the dads? My dad said, uh-uh, son, that's not working like that. My dad was at the school. My dad was like, and you said what? You didn't say anything. My dad, it was, he always got us. He stated the fact, the teacher lying? You didn't say anything. So you lying. You didn't say anything. So you're not going to say nothing. 
So you might as well say, just go ahead and whoop me because I can't win. <laughs> so here we want to produce so we won't become frustrated. And that's one of the things I share with my students, that there is a million dollar ideal inside of them because I don't believe you were created by a creator and you're not creative. I don't believe you're created and you're not creative and you're supposed to produce after your own kind. Okay, anybody that's a farmer, if you go wherever those seeds that produce the banana, the, the apple, you're not going to that apple orchard and looking for a banana. So we have to produce after our own kind if we're going to be excited and delighted about what we're doing. And so here, after Genesis 11 and 1, land produced, then God, then it was produced after its own kind. Here comes the manager. 1 and 26, mankind in God's image told him to be fruitful and multiply. When we give our power to others, now the lie multiplies. When we give our power to others, now they're fruitful to mess us up. It's time to take it back, people. Kingdom of heaven has suffered violence. It's time for the violence to take it by force. We're going to be forceful here. We're going to say to those that's on the live stream, come join us. We're active. I'm in trainings now where we are being held accountable. You know, mentor, love them. Love them to death, y'all. Asking us, what are we going to do? I'm going to ask the brothers, what are y'all going to do after this? Where are you going to go? Brother Lorenzo told us how to call. Brother Lorenzo told us what to do. We should be somewhere mentoring. One of the things I love about hearing especially when I was in the Nigerian Rites of Passage. And one of the stories that I love to hear is what a uh, counselor was just saying in regards to the fact that dad, that would be, and Mike's dad comes to mind, where th their dads was there and everybody else in the neighborhood was there. They was fascinated by his dad. That's what the elders did in Africa. They would take all the youth, sit on a rock, and share and pass on. I say to my brothers today, if we're going to take the 365 day challenge to keep this African-American heritage alive, let's pass on what our dad did for us. Positive or negative? If it was negative. Hey, like counselor said, let's make it a positive. My dad, as much as he was there, as much as he was working, as much as he was screaming at me again, y'all see this bears right here. I didn't know nothing about no bears game. He said, boy, you better read your Bible. How much money you got in your pocket? What, 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 what about going outside and play? Play? You ain't got time to play. <laughs> so now here comes the dad. Hey, let's go to the baseball game. Hey, let's go to the. This is what we passed it on. Passed it on so much. And I'm done. We're going to pray and we're done. Passed it on so much. One of my dad's last. Now, he's still alive, but you got to catch him in certain moments to hear some powerful stuff. But when he had all of that together, Brother Mike, he said, son, take care of those grandbabies. They're your children. I looked at him like he was crazy. I said, man, I ain't had a one or two. And counselor could tell you what happens Wednesday. They doing a wave on the, <laughs> they doing a wave on the line. I'm sitting up there, you, you know, hey, everybody. You, you know, so, <laughs> so passing on the legacy of what my dad said. And believe it or not, counsel, you'll see them uh, Monday. They'll be with me at the school. But 
passing the legacy. I challenge you guys to pass the legacy on. I challenge you to get with Brother Lorenzo and see where your school at. What can you do? We need you. We need you. There are test scores that they, educators, the supervisors, done told us. I'm sitting up there, dude, I wouldn't even say that out of my mouth. Ain't nothing going to change. Ain't nothing we do. Ain't nothing changing. Right. The prison, the, uh, and, and, like I say, you you, you got to hold that here, brother Lorenzo, because you know we want that uh we want that guest speaker that's going to come to us to talk about that. So, all right, y'all, we're going to pray. We're looking at the time, uh, and we are going to let you know. We know it's twelve o'clock, but we are going to say this and then let you go. Something big is coming. We just need you guys to make sure that you commit. Uh, we will be sending uh, flyers out. We meet, from what I was told, we meet once. Uh, a month at the um, help me out, counselor at and Hammond Philistines. Okay, he's he's coming with the. All right, once a month. This is going. This is a little bit. This is in person. This is a little uh, more. I'm gonna say this. I'm gonna get it to um, get it to my um, my person that's doing the live stream. We'll say this, and then we're gonna pray. We gone. All right, the power of fatherhood. This time it's going to be the keynote speaker is going to be Marvin O'Nunn, um, the Ophelia Steen Community Center, 5927 Columbia Avenue, Hammond, Indiana, uh, 46320. That's Saturday, March 16th. So we will be back. So now it looks like we're meeting twice. We're here and then we're also in Hammond. This is an hour. And when you go to Hammond, it's two hours. So we want you guys to know we're empowering Man, we run out of time, but guess what? You can also meet with us on Wednesday. And Wednesday, we, we throw the clock away and we deal with the issues. All right. Let us pray. Lord, we thank you right now, God, for those that have joined us via, Lord, the Zoom. I'm sorry, via Facebook Live, God, or in person. We pray a special prayer, God, for everyone that has attended, God. And we just pray, Lord Jesus, that we run with my God, some aggression. We run God knowing that our destiny is in our, my God, our legacy, and we will bless you for it. And thank you for it. In Jesus name, we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank everyone for joining. Everyone.